this episode may contain explicit language. Welcome to Karen Feeding, the show where we raise the next generation together. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 11, Oliver, who's nine, and Teddy, who's seven. We live in Tokyo, Japan. Hey, I'm Lucy Lopez. I'm the host of the Mamacita Rica podcast. I'm mother to Amelia, who's 13, Avery, who's 11, and we live in Miami, Florida. I'm Zach Rosen. I host another show. It's called The Best Advice Show, and I'm dad to Noah, who's six, and Ami, who's three. We live in Detroit. Well, this week, we're answering a question that recently popped up in the Slate Parenting Facebook group. This parent picked up their young teen and a friend and is pretty sure they smelled weed once the kids got in the car. We'll talk about how to balance the seriousness of potential drug use with what might be just a normal part of teendom. Then we're gonna debrief on our weekend parenting with a round of everyone's favorite, Triumphs and Fails. So let's get this show on the road. We're gonna take a quick break and then we'll see you back here for our listener question. All right, we're back and ready to hop into our listener question. Like we said, this came from a member of our Slate Parenting Facebook group. If you're not part of that community already, we'd love to have you. It's a great place to get advice. All you have to do is search for Slate Parenting on Facebook, answer some quick questions to prove you're a human, and you'll be part of the club too. We hope to see you there. Okay, let's hear today's question. It came from an anonymous member on our Facebook group. I have a 13-year-old boy, and I believe I just had a brush with first concerns about drug use. I took my son and two friends sledding yesterday. When the boys got in the car, I caught a whiff of marijuana, enough to make me think, oh, someone just smoked something. Just as quickly, the smell was gone, except when his friend got out of the car to help clean up the rear window, I caught a quick whiff again. I got real quiet, and soon after, the car got real quiet too. Should I have said something in the moment? What? And if I spoke up, should I have taken boys home and informed parents? Should I address this with my son today? My husband says leave it be and keep an eye out for future problems. I have no experience with marijuana, but it is legal just across the river from where we live, so easy to access. I feel marijuana is about as concerning as alcohol. My husband drank in his buddy's basement in high school. A lot. I didn't drink till I was of age. Neither of us drink much at all anymore, and we don't use pot. Neither of us suffered consequences from our choices. I have no concerns about adults responsibly using pot, but I do think that 13, 14 is way too young. Any thoughts? Zach, do you want to kick us off here? What are you insinuating? (laughs) God. Um, Sure, I can start. Yeah, 13, well, first of all, maybe we should talk about our own use as as kids. I'm curious um, if you ever smoked weed as as youth as youths. Um, when was that? I'm a across the board to no one's surprise. No. No, never. Never. Okay, Lucy. Um, I think it was until like 22, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I started smoking when I was 15. The first time was with my sister and her boyfriend and um that was slightly earlier than some of my friends slightly later than others i think there's a big difference between 15 and 13 um i'm also really interested in because we are now living in a world where it's legal in so many places are kids going to 
to start using a lot earlier now or because it's been decriminalized and I think also destigmatized, will kids have a healthier relationship with it? So um, I think it's probably too early to tell. I'm sure there are some numbers there. But I think it's good, listener, that you didn't call out the friend in the moment. I think that could have been awkward. I think you probably have it seems like it is the friend at least who may or may not be sharing it with your kid, but it seems like it's the friend who um, had been smoking. And uh, I think you should ask your kid about this. Uh, I think you can come at it not in a judgmental or an accusatory way, um, like not like, uh, um, but, but just out of curiosity and concern. Because uh, I think if you if you take the the former approach where you get really upset and condemn them, I think that they're going to be much more likely to not share stuff with you in the future. And if you come at it with curiosity and an open mind, I think that you might be able to get some truth out of them. It totally depends on your relationship. I definitely didn't tell my parents um, when I was 15 that I was smoking. And I didn't find out that my parents smoked until I was probably 18. So they were pretty good um, at keeping it from me. But then once there was a mutual finding out of each other's thing, uh, my dad and I did smoke together. And frankly, it was and has continued to be a really nice bonding thing. Uh, we, we do it very, very sporadically with each other. But I think there might be a world in which uh, one day, especially now that it's legal for is it eight? Is it legal for 18 or 21 year olds? I don't even know the... I don't know. I just was like, it's definitely not 13. It's cer- <laughs> it's it's certainly not 13 um, when our brains are still developing. And um, I think that is too young. And I think if you express that to your kid, there is a way to do it, again, with concern rather than uh, judgment. What do you all think? Oh, my gosh. I have so many thoughts on this. Um, Amelia's 13, and we've had... Um, Let's just say a couple family parties where I I think she must have been like seven years old where she walked into the garage, not our home, like our, our cousin's house. And it's like, wow, it smells like Dia in here. And Dia is short for auntie in Spanish. <laughs> and all of us were just like, what, what the heck? Um, and then the older she got, uh, my husband, this is something, this must be like a topic of conversation in our home on a regular. Like, yeah. when is she going to ask us? What is she going to say? How are we going to react? Because uh, my husband is a lot like Zach in the sense that he's like, we got to just be very calm about it, answer as many questions as possible. And, mm-hmm. you know, let her know. You know, why maybe your uncle smokes a joint after dinner and explains some people do it for, you know, medicinal purposes and other people just do it to relax. And he's very much of the mindset of kind of not necessarily normalizing it, but not sh- not putting shame on it just in case she wants to come forward and be like, well, I've tried it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. as opposed to me where how i was raised and my parents and the hispanic mom guilt creeps in and all i want to do is like are you insane you can't be doing that you know and that's something that 
I can honestly share with the group that it's it's going to be a tough conversation for me to have with my kid. Um, I saw what marijuana did to some of my friends growing up, and I saw some of them just take the other road, and some of them, they're totally fine, and they're lawyers and doctors and all the great things mm-hmm. that people can be while, you know, doing that. But at 13, like, I'm scared of, like, emotional stunt. Like, is could there be, at 13 years old, you know, you kind of... I always equate smoke and weed to kind of just like maybe forgetting of the moment, not really just kind of chilling out and forgetting about what's happening at the moment. And I'm scared if you're 13 and you're doing that, the effects it might have on you. So, I mean, will it emotionally stunt the kid? But I definitely agree that if, if you feel like your kid is doing that or you suspect your kid is smoking weed, like just be honest, just be, you know, don't don't try to be like me. Don't overreact. Be calm about the situation. That's like the best I've got right now because it's literally something we talk every other week about in this house. Mm. Lucy, have you shared like the stories and stuff with your daughter? Yes. Like your experience with your friends? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And somebody in our family who I am convinced started smoking weed at a very young age and that is why that person can't handle certain things in her life you know Mm -hmm. and i think that you know she started when she was 12 and i saw what it did to her um and i'm like god i just wasn't like that when i was 12 i saw what it did and and i share i've shared that story not just with a 13 year old with my 11 year old too and don't get me wrong I, i know the 13 year old knows what weed is knows what it smells like knows it's part of the culture I'm just hoping that when that time comes that she's she's not scared to share it with us, you know? Yeah, I think that's actually like kind of the heart of this question is like we all agree that 13 is too young, but are you willing to ruin the relationship or block any future conversations over this interaction? So like when I was reading the question, I thought, okay, she had this thing happened in the car or he I don't think we know but um if this is mom or dad but so we have this interaction in the car and I actually think that keeping it not saying anything is actually sometimes the harder path and when Mm -hmm. the kids aren't in an emergency it's Mm -hmm. also the better path I mean for me I like to have my ducks in a line to have kind of like rehearsed it, talked it over with Jeff, like, like be like, this is the united front that we're going to have in this conversation. Yes. And so to resist the urge to say something when it was very clear, whatever happened was happen- had happened, the kids are safe, right? Yep. Yep. So what does saying something, because I think uh, we feel so often as parents, like we better say it now, or we've missed our opportunity as no. opposed to saying like, okay, I have a data point. If I haven't talked about drug use before with my kids, I definitely need to start. Um, You you know, so maybe I I think the car was more this moment of I need to start talking about this. I think, too, because you don't have any hard evidence that doing anything with the friend's parent, unless you are super close, unless this is your friend where you would call and be like, "Okay, just pick the boys up and here's here's what happened. (laughs) Like, where are we on this? Because I have those friends, right? Like the kids are together and something happens and you're like, now me and this friend are the united front, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If it's that kind of friend, you definitely need to say something. If it's not, I think this is more a, a data point. 
and to start having these conversations with your kid. Um, and I think you can tell your kid, you, you might even earn some credibility to say like, here is how I perceived the situation that happened. And I just want to make sure that you're prepared and you know what's going on, right? I think also, what is the boundary in your household with marijuana, with drugs, with alcohol? Have you set those and do your children know what those are and what the consequences are going to be? And this is what I mean about having your ducks in a line. I don't like to get into these conversations. Um, And so far, of course, I only have a 12-year-old, so things have not gotten to this level. But I don't like Mm -hmm. to get into these conversations unless I know what I think the boundary, (laughs) the consequence is going to be, which is why I try not to jump into them in the moment, especially when I get that like, that panic feel. I don't know if you guys get this, but when when something happens that I know I'm going to have to like really parent, I get kind of like my heart starts beating and I'm oh, yeah. thinking like, am I doing this right? And I like internally panic. That is not where I want to be when I'm making these decisions. So mm-hmm. I think if you haven't talked to your spouse, if you haven't kind of uh, bounced things off with your closest friends, if you haven't talked to you know, hopefully you have some parents that have older children to kind of be like, hey, how are you handling these things? And figuring out what those boundaries are going to be. And then I think you need to have a conversation away from any incident that happened where you just say, like, in this house, these are the rules. This is our boundary with these things. And these are going to be the the consequences. Um, and I can't tell you what those are because I think everybody's uh, – where you fall is going to be different. But I think it's so important that you as the parent know where that line is and what you're going to do when your child crosses the line, which they will. We just have to assume that they're going to cross that line. I I think we've had experts on here about middle school, about teens, and what they always say is like, listen, teens are supposed to be testing these boundaries. They are supposed to be figuring out what people do when they break the boundaries, right? So it is your job to set those boundaries and be ready for when they break them to handle this in a calm manner. But I I think that the important part in this is that you don't let this really tiny incident ruin at 13 the potential to have conversations about drugs, alcohol, sex, like all of this, because in the same way that you're setting a boundary, they're testing you too on how this is going to go. And I know for me, one of the things I want to do is make sure that I understand that they're going to make mistakes and that I'm here for for them. And not that it's like, hey, when you make a mistake and I even get an inkling that you've made that mistake, I'm coming for you and it's going to be harsh, right? Because yeah. uh, I want them to call me when it's a problem. Right. <laughs> I don't want them to hide from me. Yeah. By the way, the age is 21. Um, the legal age is 21 okay. in in most states, if not all the states in the United States where it is legal for recreational. Um, but I was also going to say, I like what your husband said about just leave it be and keep an eye out for future problems. Like you, if your kid starts smoking regularly, you're going to notice. You're going to notice that they're, um, that all your Pop-Tarts are gone, you know, and that you're, they're coming home and, you know, being goofy because I because a 13 year old like can't hold their weed can't kind of keep it discreet and so you'll notice and I think there's also a couple ways to have the conversation for when you do there's the theoretical like um you know it kind of comes up organically and you're you're kind of talking about like hey you know do people you know smoke weed at, at your school like do you know about weed and then there's like the the other tack which is like 
I smelled it on your friend. Like, are you smoking? And so like you could start with that former approach where you're not accusing anyone of anything. You're just kind of asking these questions about what they know before you get into their specific, um, you know, experience. And that might feel a little safer at first to them. Um, and it might also tip them off that like you're not an idiot and that you know what this stuff is. I think that's one of my biggest fears is the whole, you just said it like, I'm not an idiot. Like I could smell the weed on you, right? Um, yeah. Is that if I do say I'm not an idiot, I smell the weed on you, their reaction to that, right? Yeah. And if I'm yeah. going to be able to control my anger or disappointment or physical, like just like my face when they come back, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. And then right. you're just looking at them like, no, I, I, can smell it on you like let's have a conversation about it and mm -hmm. the fact that her partner said you know just kind of keep an eye on it mm -hmm. that's really smart um i'm just wondering how long till one of them breaks and it's like hey by the way what's up like who's doing it you know and do you come across across like the best friend who's curious on what happened that that afternoon or do you come across how you know elizabeth mentioned was like i know you did something and i will find out and i will bring mm -hmm. you down to chinatown like you know what i mean right, right. like that's yeah. as a parent that's i think what i'm having most trouble figuring out and so when this when this listener wrote this you know, let her in. I'm like, oh, God, I don't even know how to approach it because I'm in the middle. I'm like, I can like let it slide and kind of keep an eye or I can go, you know, completely scorched earth. Yep. I, I think, though, like here, there are some real things you can talk about that are real consequences that have nothing to do with what you would do. Right. Mm -hmm. Like laws have set some boundaries and if they are caught, there are there are real consequences. Right, right. And so I think that may be a very easy way into the conversation, which is sort of, hey, we know this is going on. We're here for you if you have quite like Zach said, asking about questions. But also like we want to make sure that you understand that for you to smoke is against the law. And should you get caught, like these are the these are the real consequences to that. Right. And what that looks like academically, socially, right? Mm -hmm. Um it's not legal financially for you. for you. Yeah. And so I, I and as a parent, I'm here to help you navigate those. But are we being smart about whatever you're doing? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And the key is, you know, just kind of really talk to your kid and listen. More importantly, listen to what they're saying. Listen, because they'll tell you everything without you even asking sometimes, you know. I hear you. I mean, my gut instinct like you, Lucy, is to like <laughs> put down some kind of, you know. What is happening up, in this house? Yes, I grew, I mean, I grew up in a good, you know, a Catholic household. There was yeah. a lot of like guilt and, and very strong rules. Yes. And sometimes I also feel like in this situation, if you don't feel comfortable having that conversation and your partner does, go ahead. Pass the baton on. Sure. There's something you can or a learn. Or a friend. Or a friend. You can reach yeah, beyond whatever. Your, those, beyond. those friends that are family. Like... There are plenty of people that can have these conversations with your kid, and it doesn't have to be necessarily you. Yes, absolutely. That auntie that everybody trusts, she can have that yeah, conversation. Yeah, the cool aunt or cool uncle yeah. are, are perfect for this type of thing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. This, by the way, is like the like top three scary parenting things for me. 
followed immediately by taking the train in Tokyo. Yes. <laughs> yes. Talking about weed yeah. and taking a train in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listeners, we are curious to know because I know you guys have faced this. You guys have teens. You, we, we want to hear what you did, how you handled this how you might handle this in the future. I I know you guys have thoughts. So please email us at karenfeedingpod at slate.com or our favorite option, if you can leave us a voicemail, we love hearing your voices. That's 646-357-9318. Of course, that's also where you can send any questions of your own. Okay, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be back in a second. We're back and moving on to a segment we like to call Triumphs and Fails. If you're new here, we like to share a story from our week in parenting because at the end of the day, we all need a little commiseration and celebration. Lucy, we're going to start with you. So our is it a triumph or fail week? It's a triumph. <laughs> all right. I'm Yay! happy to report okay. it is a triumph. So Amelia, who's 13, is in the theater club at school. Um, and it's a big deal because it's middle school, lots of different personalities, as you can imagine, in her theater class and also mm-hmm. in the club. Uh, she had a moment where she wasn't sure she fit in. She's at this moment in her life where she's like not sure about anything. And she was kind of getting stuck in her head like, I don't think I should audition. I don't think I should do this. I don't think anybody likes me. And yeah, it was a rough two weeks for for Gino and I. Um, And then she was talking a lot about quitting theater. And I had to sit down with her and kind of break it down to her and be like, hey, man, we're we we don't we're not quitters in this family. And um, I didn't do what my mom would have done was like, I got on an airplane and came to a country and escaped communism. (laughs) I didn't pull the communism card on her, but what I did was explain to her, like, hey, once you start something, you got to finish it. Even if you don't finish it the way that you intended it to, you just got to finish it. You can't just start a project and leave it hanging. Like, we got to, you know, what can I do to help you finish this project? What can we do? What can Papa do? What can Avery do? And after much conversation, she went out for an audition for an ensemble play, and she got a pretty cool role. Uh, Yeah, she's going to be in Finding Nemo Jr. at her school, (laughs) and she's going to play Kai. She's going to play Kai, which is like a turtle. And she has like a... Yeah, she's got a solo... Like a um, real role. Yeah, like like a real role. (laughs) Yeah, and, and I saw my kid like light up when she saw the cast list in her in in on google classroom that moment moment. she was like oh my gosh my name is highlighted and i'm like what does that mean Mm. and she was like that i've got a solo (laughs) and i'm singing and i'm and i'm a turtle and her sister was like you get to wear a shell and it was all the feels and i'm gonna get emotional and it was so cool to see her go through this like moment of like not really sure and 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 not really understanding what I meant that she has to finish what she started and we're not gonna quit and you know practice starts tomorrow and it's like a big deal and I just saw something in her click 
That's a huge Congrats. Shout out. Thanks. Awesome Kai. pictures. Kai. Kai. Super yeah, turtle. <laughs> Video. Sweet. All the things. All the things. All the things. That's awesome. <laughs> Zach, triumph or fail for you this week? I got a triumph also. <gasps> yeah! I took Ami, my three-year-old son, to his first Detroit Pistons game, his first professional <gasps> sports game. Oh, cool. We went to see the Pistons play the Milwaukee Bucks because my cousin's son, who's 10, is a massive Milwaukee Bucks fan. And so they wanted to go see Giannis, who's like this uh, very good NBA player who plays for the Bucks. And so we went along with them, along with my nephew and brother-in-law and my uncle. So there were seven of us. It was like a distinctly, you know, boys day. And as soon as I walked into the stadium, I was carrying Ami, I, I started crying because I'm telling you, like, I think Field of Dreams did a number on, on a whole generation <laughs> of men about the kind of profound intergenerational bonding that sports can imbue in us uh that you know that that movie's about baseball but i think it carries over to to any sport that the dad you know was excited about as a kid and it just like hit me like man i remember like it was yesterday um my dad taking me to these games and like i remember how excited i was just to like get food from you know the ven- the vendors there um and for me, just to be, I found it surreal just to be in the position of telling Ami, like, you know, what do you want to eat? Like, we can get whatever you want. And just like being the daddy, being the, yes. da- like the, the daddy who can just like, you know, afford to pay for pizza, um, which Aww. like when I was eight, like that, I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Um, pizza is yeah. expensive at the at the arena. And we just proceeded to have this great day. And I was telling my cousin when we were sitting up in our nosebleed seats, like it will be a success if Ami doesn't pee in his pants today. Um, that's how I'm. That's how I'm marking success because he's like 95% potty trained. He's he's occasionally having an accident, and we were sitting in an area where, you know, like we were like in the middle of a row where every time we got up, we had to like ask a bunch of people to like, you know, stand up. Um, and because you know I was with a cute kid, no one gave us any shit um, when we got up constantly because he didn't want to just like sit and watch the game. He wanted to walk around a lot, so we got up and and walked around a bit, but. Um, he peed in the urinal twice and uh so we we had a dry game the pistons they're like they're like notoriously awful this year they've only won four games but they almost beat the bucks it was actually a close game um his favorite part he said was when the lights went off like at the beginning of the game like when they introduced the players and he just really appreciated the spectacle of it and um it was it was a very i i would call it a monumental day in in the history of our family that sounds amazing. <laughs> so sweet. Um, it was a, it was a sweet it was a sweet day. I'll send you some pics. Um, yeah, send us pictures. I will. Elizabeth, are you gonna are we gonna go three for three on triumphs today? And if if the answer is no, that's okay. Yeah, we are. We are. All I'm right. A triumph. Okay. First of all, I want to say this is a group effort. Lucy, Lucy was there for me whether I needed it or not. <laughs> Many of you were there for me <laughs> on Instagram, on the parenting Facebook group. You guys were there for me. I appreciate it so much. We, we, I say we because Jeff did, uh, you know, know about it, although he wasn't here. Henry did venture off on his own. The, if, if you didn't join us last week, um, <laughs> I came, to, I came here because my son had, my, my, 11-year-old son had just asked me, could he um, venture out into Tokyo with three of his friends alone uh, with no 
real plan in the way I would want to have a plan. Um, but he was so excited and had has really been struggling to like make good friends here. Like he's friendly with everyone at school, but to like make friends. And I really wanted to say yes. But of course, so much of me was like, oh my gosh, this is terrifying. So we had a few, I'm going to call them learning experiences. Okay. So um, first of all, my son was nice enough to take some audio for us, which I think is like, a whole nother love language to be like, hey, you're going to do this, but you're if you could just take a few audio show. clips. So the first one is actually um, hysterical. I'm going to have uh, more is going to play it for us. But here's a clip of us. Um, we went to the first station together because I had parent-teacher conferences. So we were going to ride together to the first station. That's a great idea. Our train's here. That's not our train. Please do not go on. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, that's such a cool train. So, as you can hear, problem number one was that there are two different trains that come to the same um, track, and he was so excited that he almost... He was confident <laughs> that that was his train. So, so you were, he, he was, was wrong. It was not He was wrong. Train. That was not his train. But okay. we, we were on that train together. So uh, we boarded the correct train. We went uh, to school. And Wait, did that scare you when he was, like, immediately about to get on the wrong train? I mean, the confidence bolstered me. Like, oh, this kid is so confident he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did, after that, review the the plan um, again. Okay. Uh-huh. And then when we finally got, he actually walked me, uh, like, to the school train station. Things here kind of go a little wonky, but he, if you can, more up. I'm going off on my own. See ya. <laughs> that is how he left me. Wow. Bye. And literally, we went Maybe. to different platforms. Wow. I exited the station. I I don't even think like I don't think that's funny. How about that? <laughs> okay, and I have, I have uh, one more clip. So if you play clip number three, number five. That's my train. The nine thirty-one a.m. local train. That's in four minutes. Through service to the Binkai line. That's in four minutes on this track. Well, that's a very so he, clear English announcer, too. Very clear English announcements. Thank you, Tokyo Olympics. Things here are, mm. are mm-hmm. in English uh, mm-hmm. from that. So, yes, he uh, did eventually get on, on the right train. He had the most marvelous day once all they all met up. Um, it seems like they were complete children. It. They made um, sandcastles. It was a kind of rainy day. They went to a couple, like... The malls here are kind of crazy. They went to a couple of malls. They did a photo booth. are very popular here. They went to Sephora and tried on makeup. It wasn't actually Sephora, but a Sephora type place. And uh-huh. all put on makeup, took photos. Every time I messaged him, <laughs> you know, I'd say like, hey, how's it going? He would send me like a nice little photo of them um, or, you know, like, hey, do you want me to call? I'm like, no, just checking in. Um And then when he got home, because by the time he got home, I had to take the others to fencing. So it was also like, you know, he had to get home. I did say to him, hey, will you just uh, send me a photo of you at home with one of our spoons? Because a a friend had told me when then they confirm home to make sure you say a random object so that they can't use an old photo. Uh, So I just wanted to kind of set the precedence of like, hey, you said you were home. Show me that you're home. Mm -hmm. Uh, He thought that he took a hysterical photo. Um, of himself with a few things around the house and then has been talking nonstop about their next outing. Yeah, I was going to ask you. And and how he wants to have kind of a better 
plan. Like it would have been better if they knew where they were going to meet. And it's so nice to hear him come to the conclusions that I feel like I need to lecture him on. Um, You know, but I think seeing like his friend's mom was a little frustrated that the meetup plan wasn't good. So him dealing with his friend really came to the conclusion like, well, next time we should meet at a station and all go together, like like those sort of things. So all in all, a huge success. Big learning experience. Big learning experience. He was totally safe and fine. He had a great time. He did not get on the wrong train. <laughs> great. What a, this great. is huge. Big week for I everyone. Know. But I, I am so thankful for everyone, Lucy included. Lucy was like, you must tell me, even though it's the middle of the night, that he's arrived home. I was. I felt <laughs> like, you know, when you go out with your friends and you're and they live long distance and you're like, hey, text me when you get home. That's how, that's how I sure. felt. I was very... Very text please, me from across the world. That's please very text sweet. me from Tokyo. And I wasn't the only one that was very concerned. My best <laughs> friend, her wife, my husband, my mom, uh, in her <laughs> awesome, hit all of my and her awesome Miami accent was like, "Did your friend text you? What happened with the song? Is he okay?" I'm like, yes, he arrived safely and everything is good. And then I showed her the photos you sent me. And she was like, he is beautiful. She has to be very careful. I'm like, yes. So a whole tribe down here, very concerned. Yeah. So I'm so thankful for all of you that um, reached out. And my Instagram was a very funny. I posted a picture of him, like, headed (laughs) off and just the flood of... uh, text both both people who are concerned for me and also people who are like you can do this so i'm just so thankful for all of you out there that were invested and a huge triumph for me and for him absolutely that's great absolutely well listeners we of course also want to hear your parenting stories don't leave us hanging out here alone we want to know what's up with you guys uh did you have a particularly great triumph or fail please please tell them with us uh and we might play them on the show you can, of course, write us at our new email address. That's karenfeedingpod at slate.com or leave a voicemail at 646-357-9318. We truly love hearing from you and we want all of you to hear from each other too. So before we go, it's time to open our mini mailbag and share some advice that you sent us. So a couple of weeks ago, we helped a parent who wasn't sure how to handle an 18-year-old who wants to get a tattoo. We got a lot of mail from you about this, but here's some feedback that was super different from what we discussed. This person wrote, There is a safety issue. While the artist or the studio may be required to have a license, Tattoo Inc. is completely unregulated in the United States. The practice goes in and out of style. They do not age well. The World War II generation got them, and after 30 years or so, they were blurry and later indecipherable. Many people making hiring decisions are over 50 who grew up associating tattoos with dissolute or gang lifestyles. It is perfectly legal to refuse to hire or promote someone because of body art. My advice to the teenager, please wait until you have graduated and started working just a year or two. Until then, use the temporary tattoos. I didn't know un- unregulated ink was even a thing. I guess that makes sense, but I'd never, I've never heard of that. Have you? No. no. Oh my oh. gosh. Oh we have gosh, a visitor. Have see. Is this Ami? Oh my God. Is this Ami? Yeah, this is Ami. Did you say hi? <laughs> oh, Ami does not look happy. Are you okay, bud? Hi, Ami. You want to say hi? Hi. Hi, Ami. I was telling them about the Pistons game. Okay. He's like, I am not talking <laughs> here, here, to these go, strange go women. You going to have your granola bar? Okay. Okay, just ask mom. 
Uh, well, listener. Sorry about that. I had no idea that these were additional things we should be worried about. I, I mean, I think one of the things we talked about was that if you don't help them, are they going to go somewhere sketchy? Like you want to make sure you're going to a good place. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Yeah. Just more things to, to keep in your mind. Well, we want to know what all of you think, so be sure to reach out and keep the conversation going. And that's it for our show. Subscribe, leave a rating and review, and of course, tell your friends. If you want more parenting advice, you can find Karen Feeding, the column on Slate.com. This episode of Karen Feeding is produced by Maura Curry, with special thanks to Rosemary Belson. Shasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is the VP of Slate Audio. For Zach Rosen and Lucy Lopez, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening.